0: Welcome to Legal Light, where we discuss everything e discovery. Legal Light is brought to you by Altlaw e discovery, the UK's leading independent e discovery service provider, and your host, Matt Altess, CEO and founder of Altlaw e discovery. Hello again, and welcome to Legal Light, the e video blog and podcast. My name is Matt Altess, and today I'm in conversation with Cheryl Moretti from Women in e discovery. So, Cheryl, thank you so much for coming over.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure
0: so i've been stalking you on linkedin you've been at gibson dumb for 33 years oh yeah what were you 12 when you joined
1: oh maybe
0: 14. <laughs> so talk us through your career there
1: um i started pretty much out of university uh it was a small t- town girl coming to the big cities i grew up in rhode island went to university in rhode island my first job was in new york city it was just a, i was hired to manage to work with a team for a litigation that was in Madison, Wisconsin. And out of that experience, I was in Madison, Wisconsin a lot. Um, I worked with an incredible team of lawyers uh, and support staff. And it just built into this huge career there that had me traveling throughout the United States in the late 80s, early 90s, I did all the collapse of the savings and loans. So I did trials in Phoenix, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I lived in uh, Houston, Texas. I lived in L.A. for a couple of years for the firm. And then in mid-90s, there was a thing in England that happened. Yeah. The Barings Bank went bust. And it brought me here to jolly old London. <laughs> where I've where I've worked a lot internationally since then with cases in Sweden Norway the Netherlands Ireland so I really've had an incredible career and part of that career is because I never thought of my job as something in a box mm-hmm. I started as a paralegal but I didn't keep myself in that box I would go to do a trial in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We didn't have offices there. Oh, I went and looked at office space. I got office space. I helped set up like our computers and our internet. Was internet then? I have to think. (laughs) So I basically started just managing. I would manage our food deliveries. I wanted to be in charge what food we ate. So I was like, I don't care if I have to I looked at the best restaurants or so I basically Took that job and propelled it into a crazy amount of responsibility. And I had an incredible mentor, uh, the partner I worked for many, many years. He gave me incredible responsibility. And with that responsibility, I never he gave if he gave me a, a task that I did not know how to do. I didn't tell him I did not know. I left the room and I went and figured out how to do that task. So. I think that success there. And he ha- has since retired, but I still have that same kind of relationship. I work with a lot of long-term clients. I go on site. They, they have a lot of confidence in my abilities for the projects at hand. So I've really had a tremendous career there.
0: Now the, re- the, the reason you're here yes. is because I wanted to talk about Women in E-Discovery. Oh, you're a regional director. A great organization. So what we want to know is what is Women in E-Discovery?
1: It is a, an organization that empowers. It's about women empowering women. When I first, my when I first came to England, example, London, my first meeting on the Barrons, a bunch of vendors. We sat in a room, asked me how many women were in that room. With how many oh, women were in the room? I was the only woman. And I was a very, I came in from New York, flew over, I just started talking to them, they just, they didn't know what to think of me. And and that was before e-discovery was the biggest thing. We didn't have like the tremendous amount of emails and social media messaging. Uh, so Basically, it was more about scanning documents, mm-hmm. coding documents and creating a database. And that was my, at that point, that was my specialty. I was doing a lot of cases for one of the accounting firms, our clients, where it was a lot of scanning, handwritten notes, tick marks, those old school things. Yep. So when I went in there were no women in that room so when this organization started I thought it was the best I joined it right away.
0: So what, what, what are its aims and goals?
1: Its aims and goals are to promote women in their future careers like my career is not your like a career that everybody goes out uh, people become paralegals but it, we basically get together for educational, social, chari- a bunch of events, and we promote each other. We just sit there, uh, sit there. we have great panels, um, luncheons, dinner panels, it's just, a, we just get together and talk about, it could be personal growth, uh, uh, networking, educational, all those fun stuff, but it's all just the women, We're, we just help each other.
0: So when and where did it start?
1: It started in 2007, but there were three founders, three women. I met one of the founding members at ILTA and got introduced to her. And she says, oh, I just started this great, this women's group. It's all for, and at that time, even in New York City, it was a predominantly male organization. And it's, I went to an ACEDS luncheon recently, and it was, still a lot of men sitting around that round table discussion but it but there were a lot of women there was more women than at the beginning and she just they just started early on i think it was more of us getting together like you and me people some of my best personal and professional relationships have come out of the women in e-discovery
0: group. So were were you there right at the beginning?
1: I think I joined, I would say maybe if it wasn't 2000, it was already in, in existence at this point. I think I joined maybe 2008. And those early on meetings were more social. Like we would get, we didn't have the, they're more formal now, panels, educational. We would sit and talk about what's going on in the industry. If I didn't know what like I told you, I, if I didn't know what to do or something, I would call one of the women on my group or actually some of my friends who are my vendors that I've worked with for many years.
0: So what was a membership like back then? How, how how many members did you have? The
1: New York chapter was probably, I would say we would have 20 women at meetings, um, small. Now you have close to, maybe we have close to 50. At our meetings, so it's grown tremendously. Social events are over a hundred, so in charity events,
0: and it splits into chapters.
1: Yes, there are thirty chapters, and we have two international chapters: London and Toronto, which have been very successful. It's a bit like the Hell's Angels. (laughs) Hell's Angels. I don't know. I've never belonged to that one.
0: (laughs) So you're currently taking care of the the Northeastern area. Yes. Which chapters does that encompass?
1: I manage and oversee Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Uh, We are trying to reactivate the Hartford, Connecticut chapter. uh, And I also oversee Toronto and London at this point.
0: And what are your responsibilities within those chapters?
1: Uh, I basically have monthly calls with each chapter or emails where I say hi what's going on they send me all their events what meetings they are we I make sure that they are hearing to uh, the policies and procedures of the organization I'm um, a go-between between I am the one who me who takes anything that needs to go to the executive directors so they so they basically come to me first. With any concerns or issues that they have within their chapters. I also oversee the elections process um, for the board members and make sure the new board is comes on board in the old bo- like that transition period goes well. Um, I try to attend some of the events and meet the members. Uh, so I just manage that whole group of chapters. So it's a lot bigger than just Having one chapter—it's right. a lot of work.
0: But you were instrumental in setting up this London one. I
1: was. I was on. I was on the initial board for the first year that the London chapter was in existence. It is now in its second year and still going strong, with great meetings, um, uh, educational, social, charity. It's still growing in a lot, there are a lot of women, especially I noticed in London at these meetings, are young women coming there. They are leaving university with forensic degrees coming. They would think, who would think they could go work in a law firm, but they're coming to work for law firms, for vendors, and they, there are women going to school for science and engineering and forensics technology. It's great.
0: So that's that's a big change from when you started this lovely yes, chapter. Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, oh. Uh, no. At the beginning, I saw that there were a lot of young women interested. Yeah. That's that's why this chapter came on strong. There were a lot. There were a lot of women, young, from university in that first couple. Three, there's three meetings that you kind of set up a chapter with, and those three meetings I saw a lot of enthusiasm, and it's propelled through every, all our meetings, when I was on the board, our meetings would draw like 45 to 50 women. And our social social events, we had a quiz night for charity and we had over a hundred, we could barely fit at the space that we had at a pub. That's how many
0: i'm glad you mentioned charity because that was my next question okay i know that it has a charity a charitable element to it talk okay. us through that
1: um also we give back to the community we do our social empowerment of women in our our own community but we also want to in our own profession but we also want to go out there and help women um that are disadvantaged battered uh we do great charities here we did uh, one for a charity for battered women. We raised money for Toys for Tots at Christmas. We collected toys. We collected used, slightly used clothes for women trying to reenter the workforce. Uh, there are great charities. In New York, we just had a, a fantastic event, summer event, which was hosted on a rooftop in Manhattan, uh, sponsored by a, a, a vendor and we raised over 3500 dollars for one of the uh charities mentoring women um first steps getting back into the workforce. So I love that charity. Uh we also in New York um volunteer at a soup kitchen every uh, once a month to serve the homeless meals. So I the, the charity part is is a big part that I like and I also like the other parts of it. Uh, this year, uh, we had our first national conference in Austin, sold out. 200, over 250 women attended. It was all about personal growth. It was knowledge, renew, and networking. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Two days in Austin, Texas, was a lot of fun. Fantastic,
0: so are you gonna be at Legal Tech this year? Yes, I am. Will you talk to us again at Legal Tech?
1: Ah uh, yes, maybe. <laughs> I, I think I will. we got
0: Beth booked.
1: Uh, oh, I think Beth is going to come on and talk about that.
0: So we get you both on again. Yeah. So we come to this part of our our show where we um we ask, "Did you know?" And what this is is you're going to share with the the rest of the world something that they may not know about Cheryl Moretti. Okay. <laughs> so Cheryl, did you know that Cheryl Moretti?
1: Uh, oh, I sat. I was on a plane ride to Los Angeles from Chicago and our plane was held up for a passenger that was late and he comes on to the plane and I notice him and I look and I'm like, Hmm, I know that guy. And then uh, I was up front and he had to go to the first seat of coach and I'm like, Oh, he must not be somebody that famous because he's going to coach, but he had no room for his overhead bag. So he put it in my right work above me. He sits down and then as the plane takes off we get in the air because i didn't know who it was mm-hmm. i just knew he was somebody i get into the i go into the overhead and i went to move his bag and it had a Hertz gold label that said oj simpson oh, wow. i said holy wow that's oj simpson i said but the kicker of the story is it was a flight from chicago to la and he was actually on his way back to L.A. because his wife had just been murdered the night before. So at that point, we did, I didn't know the whole story that he had just flown out to Chicago and was turning back. So basically, he, I was on that flight where he was returning to, the, to his crime <laughs> or his scene.
0: Did he still have the gloves on?
1: No gloves. But my fingerprints were all over his uh, luggage.
0: (laughs) I'm going to throw a um, a uh, a curveball to you now. Okay. I also heard that your husband was on a famous cookery show here. Come dine with me. Yes. Is that right? Yes, he
1: was. He won, didn't he? He won. He showed the English how to do a proper... uh, American-Canadian barbecue. I had to throw Canadian because he's Canadian and he would be pissed if I said just American. (laughs) (laughs) He did. Uh, It was was a really funny show. If you could, if it ever comes out on reruns, catch it.
0: Cheryl, thank you so much for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure. It was. We'll see you in New York in February. I will. Legal Light was brought to you by Altlaw eDiscovery, the UK's leading independent eDiscovery service provider. If you enjoy this podcast, Don't forget to like, comment and share, and please leave us a review. For more information on our products and services, visit www.altlaw.co.uk. That's www.altlaw.co.uk.